Welcome to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, a ministry of Hosanna International Ministries, bringing you God's word, his power, and his authority to our community and the world. It is our desire to empower you to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those around you. Let's listen in to today's message. You may be seated, but we are living in trying times. And I know that there are some pastors who are saying that we should not be in politics. But if we don't get into them, we're going to lose our country. Listen, we, we start services Saturday night here with Pastor John Gadam out of India. And he is a very, very powerful preacher. Uh, loves the Lord. And I think we started that church there about four years ago in India. We haven't got to India yet. We're still supposed to go. Mark Linder told me that if Nancy and I was willing to go, that him and Ma Michelle would go. And I said, do not tell my wife that. Okay. I'm 74 years old, and God's really going to have to call me to India. Okay. But, uh, but he, he, they're doing a, an awesome work, and they're growing like you can't believe, winning people to the Lord and seeing people saved. And I'm not for sure, but I think maybe he might have a couple thousand people now in his church. I'm not for sure on that one. But that camera right there that Derek is behind goes directly to India, doesn't it, Deb? But, but that's the one that goes to India. Yeah. And so then this service this morning is going to India, and then my understanding is they'll play it several times through the week. Yeah, so... So anyway, we're, he'll be with us Saturday night, and that will start at 7, and he will be with us Sunday morning, and of course, we know that starts at 10. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the second chapter of Ephesians. We'll pick that up later. Let's go over to the second chapter of Ephesians, and uh, people say, well, you preach a lot out of, that's because I love Ephesians. I, I think it's a great, ver, a great uh, book, and I think that we all should be able to uh, know, what, know what's going on in this book so that we'll know how to live for the Lord in these last days. Now, how many of you want to be fitted out with the whole armor of God? With the whole armor of God. So we want to be fitted out with the whole armor of God, and yet when when... He tells us to put on the armor of God. That's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He doesn't tell us at first to put on the armor of God. He's going to show us who Christ is. He's going to show us who we are in Christ. He's going to show us how to be made alive in Christ. He's going to go even through the, the, the family structure. He's going to hit everything about the human being that he can hit that, is, is, that wants to serve the Lord. And then he's going to use a word, and the word, I use it all the time in Ephesians 6.10, it's finally, it's, it's finally. And he says, now after you get this, he says, now you can put on the whole armor of God, not just some of it, but the whole armor of God. So we're going to start with verse 8 in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 
and we're going to look at some things. Now, before I have them bring that scripture up, uh, we, we know that last week we talked about Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and it says, Now unto him who is able to do far above, more abundantly, uh, beyond in all that we ask or think, according to God's power, the Holy Spirit, that's at work in us, and that's important. And by the way, I just put three translations in there on purpose, okay, to make sure that we got it all, okay? Because what, what Paul is saying, that once we understand the power of God, that there, there is nothing that is impossible for the church to go through. There's nothing impossible for the church to do. Because all Paul wants us to understand is who we are in Christ and who he is in us. And many times we talk about who, who he is in us, but uh, we don't talk about us in him. And see, we're in him. He, he is in us, and it's made one, one, one bodily unit. And he's the head, and we're the body. And so if there's nothing that's impossible for Jesus, and there's nothing impossible for Jesus, then you have to get this down in your spirit. And it's got to go deep down inside of your spirit that there's nothing impossible for you, especially when we all come together collect, co collectively as a group, there's nothing impossible for us. So I'm going to have him put up, and, and John, we're going to go by the first two verses first, and it's uh, verses 8 and 9. Hey, put verse, verses 8, 9, and 10 up for me, John, right now, if you will. And, and we're going to read this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Now, now, the Apostle Paul is going to agree with James in just a little bit. James was the last book to be, be brought into the canon Bible as we know it. And the reason why they had a difficulty with the book of James was because they said that James contradicted the book of Galatians. And it was, it was hundreds of years before they realized that Galatians and James actually complement each other, and there's no contradiction there whatsoever. Because James is going to talk about faith, and he's going to talk about works. And Paul, with Ephesians, is saying this. He's, now look what he's saying. For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That. Now, now listen, just that word that means this. God's plan came from the beginning of time. Does everybody understand that God's plan came from the beginning of time or before the beginning of time? So for, for by grace you have been saved. Through faith, that, God's plan before creation, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Now listen, my friend, you need to understand something, and I need to understand something. That there was a debt owed against us as soon as we were born. Now, this is an interesting thing. Our current events class did this. And every baby born in the United States, is born in debt. 
And every ba- the, 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 the uh, national deficit is $32 trillion. And growing right now as we're talking. It's speeding so fast you can't. It's crazy, okay? So every baby born in the United States, every person in the United States, you, you owe the government this day $250,000. Pastor Dree got up and he said, I'm never going to be able to pay that off. He was looking in his Bible and go, wow. When, when you were born, you was born in sin. And as soon as you were born, you needed a Savior. It had nothing to do with you being born that you were born in sin. It had everything to do with Adam and the fall of Adam that you and I were born in sin. That's an automatic. Every person that's born on planet Earth is born in sin. And David said, not only were were we born in sin, but we were shapen in iniquity. That means all the perversion of, of the world too. And so we needed a Savior. So here's what the Lord done did done boy that was terrible grammar here's what the lord did he went to the cross and when he went to the cross he he died for the sins of all mankind from the time of adam to the time the last baby's going to be born on planet earth he died for all of mankind's sin every single person on planet earth jesus christ died to remove their sin, and he shed his blood. Then he took the robe of humanity. We've said it many, many times. He took the robe of humanity, and he nailed it to the cross. And then he dies. Listen, he became sin for you and I, and then he dies, and he goes into the center part of the lower parts of the earth, and he leads the captive captive. He takes them out of paradise, and he leads them to heaven, okay? And the Bible teaches us then that hell overflowed itself and it grew, okay? Because these people that were in paradise then, they were taken to heaven, all right? When you and I die, we're not going to go to paradise. We're going to go to heaven. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. So what the Apostle Paul is saying, here's what he's saying. He's saying, before you can do anything, there's something that you need to know. You need to know this, for by grace you have been saved. Now, he's not saying by grace you are, being, you are saved or you, you will be saved. He, say, he says, for by grace you have been saved. Now, understand something, the terribleness of the great white judgment throne that the dead will stand before. And when I talk about the dead, I'm talking about those who are not saved. And if you're not saved this morning, you're dead. How many of, of you understand that? And, and the terribleness of the great white judgment throne is that when you stand before that, if you stand before that, you are going to be totally, totally standing without an excuse. And that's an amazing thing because the first thing that Paul teaches us in Romans is that creation itself teaches you that there is Jesus Christ. And it does. It should bring you to that. And the second thing that your jaw's going to drop is, you mean Jesus Christ died for me and covered me by the blood and I'm going to damnation? Yes. 
And why is that? Because of the rejection of him who went to the cross. It's not going to have anything to do with your sin because you was born in sin. You couldn't help it. You were shaping iniquity. You didn't have nothing to say about that. But you have everything to say right now about who you're going to receive as your eternal uh, Lord. E either he's going to be Jesus or you're going to go to damnation, which is called hell. And that is going to be run by the devil. No, 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 no. Listen to me. The devil is going to be a worm that dieth not. And the person that goes into hell is going to be a worm that dieth not. Now listen to me. The devil ain't going to be down there in hell with pitchfork in his hand. He's going to be screaming and groaning just like everybody else down there is going to be groaning. And so understand this one thing. He's not a leader in hell. There is no leader in hell. God has already taken his spirit away, and the thing's been closed, and it's been shoved out of his sight. Now, can you imagine hell just being shoved out of God's sight forever? Even if he said you have to stay down there 10 billion years, you'd have something to hope for. You know that? But there will be no hope. Now watch this. And so he's going to say something to you. He's going to say this. He's going to say, you owed a debt. You couldn't pay it. We, we used to sing a song. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. He paid a debt that I could never pay. Understand this. You, are, you owe a debt. And you couldn't pay it. So God sent his son to pay that debt for you and I. And he paid it. So how do we receive this? Through faith. Through faith. Because look, look what the Bible says. It is a gift through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. Definite article, the gift of God. You have been saved before the foundation of the world. This cross was planted. Before the foundation of the world was ever brought into being, the plan of salvation was already set in place for you. And for every single person on the planet that was born and ever going to be born, there is a plan. Now, whether you walk according to that plan or whether you get into that plan. Listen, I know that some of you are Calvinists, but I'm going to tell you this right now. You need to make a decision because you're a free moral agent. Do you understand that? Make a decision right now whether you're going to live forever with the Lord or you are going to be forever in hell itself. You have to make that decision. Understand something. The social church that we have today, somebody was telling me about coffee. And, and the big agenda in the church today was what kind of coffee? No, they're going to sell coffee now. Or something. No, help me out. Having coffee. But let, let me tell you something. We have agendas, but they're not of God. It, so this salvation, it is the gift of God. It is faith. Now, in Romans, listen, chapter 12 and verse 3. I didn't give it to him there because I don't want him to go over there yet. Okay, so in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, here's what it says. It says, I don't need to think I'm better than you. And you don't need to think that, I'm, that you're better than me. Now, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I watched uh, uh, Brother Gary right there drive in one of the nicest cars I've ever seen in my life. He got a Genesis. Anybody know anything about Genesis? Oh, that is a nice car. Now, I know God's going to speak to him one day and say, you know, you got to give that to pastor. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, no, wait a minute. He already spoke to you. Oh, he did. Okay. She just got a new car, too. And I, I'm happy when people get new things, and even expensive things. It don't bother me, okay? But, but because it, uh, James says, if, if one comes into your midst with the gold ring on and you say, sit here, and then another one is a poor man and say, take the back, he said, don't you know that's prejudice? Do you understand that God's not prejudiced? And so he says, he says listen to what he says. He says, uh, uh, he said, I, I don't care what you live in. He said, I don't care if you live in a tent or if you live in a castle. He said, I don't care what you live in. He said, listen, he said, there's no one higher than anybody else. And he said, if you're going to treat somebody a certain way, be the servant. He said, because the, the, the first is the one that's going to take the least position. And so listen to what he says, because he says something. And here's what he says in the end of that verse. He says, because God has allotted or measured to each one of us his faith. Now, he's given us the gift of salvation, and he has allotted unto us, when we got saved, a measure of his, his, his faith. Now, here's what Jesus said about that faith. If you want that faith to grow, then you have to use that faith. And if, as you use that faith, God will expand your faith. And so you can take that faith, and you can expand it, or you can take that faith and never use it and live like, like, like the world wants you to live. But understand this one thing. Salvation is a gift and faith is a measure of an allotment. Now, here, here's the point with that. That gift you get to receive. You understand that? But when it comes to that faith, here's what he said to those who, who had the talents. He, he, the, he, give, he, he give one man ten talents. And he went out and made 10 more. And then he gave five talents to one man, and he went out and made five more. And then he took the one talent that he had, the next guy, and he buried that. And so then when the master comes back, the first guy says, Master, here's your 10 and 10 more. He says, I'm going to put you over many kingdoms. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And then with the five, listen to what the five said. And the five said, and the man with five, he said, and I've taken five. Here's your five, and I'm giving you five more. And he said the same thing for him that he said with the ten. And the guy with the one allotment, listen to what he said. He said, I knew that you was a wicked man and an austere man, and I knew that you sowed where you shouldn't have sown. And he goes on and tells this guy, he said, so I buried your money to make sure you had it when you got back. And listen to what this austere king says. He said, you wicked slave. He said, you wicked slave. He said, if I'm the kind of guy that you're describing, he said, don't you know that you're in trouble? Listen to me. God has allotted to each one a measure of faith. How many of you understand he doesn't want that faith buried? He wants that 10 talents to make another 10 and a 20. And he said, if you will do that with what you have been allotted, he said, I will give you this and I will give you that. It's called prosperity and not just in silver and gold, but prosperity in ministry, prosperity in everything that you do, also with the five. But the one that buried it, listen to what he said. He said, take that away from him Give it to the one that has ten, and cast him out to where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth in the darkness. Do you not understand, my friend, that you have been allotted with a measure of faith? 
And when God give you that measure of faith or when he give you that allotment, he meant for you to use that. He didn't mean for that to lay idle. He didn't mean for that to be buried. He meant to use that thing. And comes, he is going to come for those who are faithful. How many of you understand that? So salvation is a gift, but your faith is something that's been allotted to you. Now watch this. Now in verse 9, hey, John, bring that up for a minute. In, in verse 9. Not as a result of works, so that no one will boast. Now I'm going to show you why that they felt like that Galatians and James were contradictive to each other. Because Paul is talking about works and he's talking about the law in Galatians. And James is talking about faith and works. And, and they go back to, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says here, not of works that no one can boast. Now watch what James says. Can you bring up two, James 2, James 2.17? Now watch what, and 18. Now watch what James says. This is James says. Even though faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Now watch this. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Don't, that, that sounds contradictive. But it's not because we, we can't leave verse 10 out. Now watch verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 2. Now watch this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You see, works before you get saved mean nothing. And when the dead who have died in the spiritual stand before the great white judgment throne, the Bible said the books will be opened. Life will be there. And the books that will be open is going to be the epistles of every single person in here. If you die in your sin, you will stand before God as judge. And in Revelation, here's what he said. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before the Lord. So we know that they weren't dead and not moving we know that they was dead in spirit, and how do we know that? Because they were standing before the Lord, and he's going to talk to them. And they opened the books, and the books that they opened, I have a book. You are a book. And let me tell you something, everything done in darkness is going to be exposed by light. Everything that we do is going to be exposed at the, at, either at the great white judgment throne or the judgment seat of Christ, because if you're a Christian, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but you're going to give an account. Everybody gives an account. Every one of us will get, you know, this is an amazing thing. Every one of you are looking at me right now. So this must be the message that needs to be preached. Listen, we are going to stand before God. And if you stand before that great white judgment throne, the Bible says that the books will be opened. And we are living epistles of who we are right now. And here's what it says. 
It doesn't make any difference how many works that you do before Christ because they're going to be written in that book. They're written in you. It doesn't make any difference how much you do in that book. I'm going to say Oprah Winfrey is a benevolent lady. She gives a lot. She's new age. She doesn't believe in Christ the Savior. And yes, if she doesn't give her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, she's going to stand at that great white judgment throne and that book's going to be open. And when it says, you give millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now let's go over to this book. And this book is called the Lamb's Book of Life. And let's see if your name is written in there. And they go, where's her name? It was written in there. It was written in there. But when she, if she dies and she doesn't meet Jesus as her Savior, then there's an eraser and it blots her name out. Her, her name's blotted out. Is your name going to be blotted out? Is my name going to be blotted out? Only we are the ones that get to go to the Lord and talk about that. Now, watch this. So he says this. He says, not of works. He says, so that no one can boast. Because I'm going to tell you something. If it was of works, there would be a lot of boasting people, even in this church. Okay? In verse 10, here's, here's why James can get away with what he says. Listen. For we are his workmanship. You know what workmanship is? Workmanship means that he created us. He is the potter. He created us with his hands, and we are his work of art. We are his work of art. Now, you might look at me and say, God missed something on that, that, that work of art. Okay, especially Pastor Adkins. Yeah. I, I, I think that Pastor Adkins is going to have hair when he gets to heaven. Hey, let me, let me tell you something about You know, the Bible, we, we, we misquote the Bible. The Bible does not say that God knows every hair numbered in your head. It don't say that. He has every hair numbered. He has every, it's not the hair that's in your head right now he's got numbered. No, no. It's that every hair that he ever created in your head, on your head, on your head has been numbered. General Motors and Ford and Chrysler are smart enough to number apart. They got that out of the Bible. They just didn't know it because God has numbered even the very follicles of the hair of your head. So it says, for we are his workmanship. We are his work of art. God's love is transforming our lives. Now, now they say i heard billy graham say this 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 week while i was hearing him preach he said the longer that a man and a woman live together he said they start to look alike well i pray i look like my wife and that she don't look like me and and i'm praying because she's pretty nice looking and and i i need a lot of work according to human human standards okay but, but, you know, he, he, he says this, and, and so, you know, we're, we're being transformed into him every single day. Now, my dad used to pray a prayer, and this was my, my, the prayer my dad prayed every time I heard him pray, and he would pray, touch him with a transforming, quickening power. 
He would say that. I do that. I say that a lot. I didn't come up with that. He did. Pray. A transforming, quickening power. The word quickening means bring to life. And the Bible says in, in, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 11, and if the same spirit dwell in you that raised Christ Jesus up from the dead, I'm not going to get it right, but I'm going to paraphrase it. Listen, it, if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, the Bible says it will quicken or bring to life your mortal body. Listen to me, God, God's a healer over cancer. I'm, I'm not saying do away with doctors. God uses doctors. Even the ones that don't believe in him, he uses them. Gifts of healing, plural. It's the only gift that we have that's plural, gifts of healing. But God, God can heal cancer. God can heal diabetes. Listen, God, God can heal a stroke. God, God can heal con, uh, uh, seizures. But hey, listen what else he can do. God can heal a broken spirit. God can take relationships that need a quickening power in it, transforming. And so what God wants us to do, he wants us to be transformed into the image of his son. For we are his work of art. We are his workmanship. God's love is transforming our lives. Listen, God created everything out of nothing, including us. So if he created everything out of nothing, I think he can sure take care of that thing he created. I, I believe this. I, I, I used to teach a class years ago for uh, Fresno University, uh, their, their Bible class. I, I would do it, do it correspondence, and I had to go out there a few times. But I would teach uh, 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 Christian psychology out there, and I'm up there teaching in there. I don't know how many students in there at that time. And I said, I said, my last remark was, even though I, I, I at that time uh, was a psychologist myself, then I, I ended up with this, and I said, and there's nothing in your life that God can't heal through his word. And the head of the psychology department got up, and he said, uh, he said Mr. Gray, he said, I don't believe that. He said, I, I don't, I, he said, I believe God can heal, but I believe there's a lot of things in God's word that he, can, that, that he can't heal. And I said, you really believe that? And he said, yeah. And here's what I said to him. I said, you don't need me teaching for you no more. You don't need me teaching for you. Listen, God created everything out of nothing, including us. And so therefore, he can create us in Christ Jesus. Now, did I give you Ephesians chapter 2, 6? I might, did I give you that? Give, give, watch this. Give me, give me Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. This is us. This is us who are in Christ Jesus. I might not have given him that one. I'll just, I'll just it, it, here's what it says. It says, God raised us up with him. And he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ. When, when we got saved and we got filled with his spirit, listen to what he did. He raised us up with him. Now, when it says he raised us up with him, what it meant was we were dead and we came to life because we were dead in our transgressions and our sins. And when we give Christ our, uh, 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 our, our uh, 
help me out. When we were born again and we give ourselves to Christ, listen to what he did. He raised us up with him, and not only did he raise us up with him, but he seated us with him in heavenly places, and he seated us in heavenly places in his beloved son. So here's what here's who I am, and I want you to hear this. Am I perfect? I'm not perfect, but the Bible said I've been raised up with him, the with Jesus, and I am seated with Jesus in heavenly places, and not only that, but I'm in Christ. That's what the Bible says about me. See, God, Jesus created me, and when he created me, listen, he created me unto, or he created me for to do. And what I need to do, I need to do what he wants me to do. I know that sounds a little bit confusing, but I need to do what he wants me to do because listen to what he's doing in my life. He is transforming me every day through the power of his love. He is quickening his spirit, which is inside of me, which is quickening my spirit. And what it is doing is bringing life into me. And when the life of Jesus comes into me, then I'm telling you, the devil knows this one thing. It's impossible for him to do anything against us. And he wants us to understand, he, he wants us not to understand that the power and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus when we give our life to him. See, people, listen to me. When we give ourselves to Jesus, there was more than just being saved. It was a lot more than just being saved. When we give our life to Jesus, we became powerhouses for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God right now is established in this church. And I told him in my office, and I'm going to tell you this that if this is the only church left on planet earth, which it's not, by the way, but if this is the only church on planet earth that is left that truly believes in the true God and are true worshipers, the devil has a problem. Do you understand that? The devil has a problem. And why does he have a problem? Because we who are born again with just the many that we have in here can go out and win the world again. Somebody say amen to that. There is a revival going on in China. There's a revival going on in India. There is revival going on in Russia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran. Listen, you, you, there's a revival going on like you can't believe. And we got missionaries who are dying for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are Muslims, and they are taking up the cross of the Lord because Islam cannot give them what Jesus can give them. And listen, when, when Jesus gives you what he gives you, which is his spirit, I'm going to tell you something. You will die for that trying to reach people who are lost. Because the Spirit of God that's inside of us just wants to reach out for people who are lost. The Bible says we are His workmanship. I have been created in Him. What for? Listen, this is part of God's predestined plan for me. And what is it? This work. Hey, can you put that up again? Watch this. This is God's predestined plan for me and for you. Do, do, we can't get it? Uh, 10, verse 10, Ephesians 2, 10. I, I want to show you this again. Watch this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, before the foundation of the world, so that we would walk in them. And so when, when I give my heart to the Lord, then all of these good works start coming my way. And, and, they, and, and these works, are, why are they called good works? Not because of what they're doing for me, but what I'm doing for somebody else. 
because the good work was already done in me. What was the good work that was done in me? He saved me. He baptized me and filled me with his Holy Spirit. That's the good work that's been done inside of me. And so we want to do that good work for our enemies, those whom we don't like. We want to do those. And when were these good works, when were they prepared? The Bible says beforehand. Before the foundation of the world, God set it up. He said, okay, here's, here's Pastor Larry Gray right here. Let's set these works up for him. Somebody in heaven, one of the angels would have maybe said to the Lord, why? And, he, and here's what he says. He says, because when he gets here, we have something to reward him with. Do you understand there's going to be rewards? Everybody's not going to be on the same plane when we get to heaven. Somebody said that we're not going to be on the same plane in hell. I don't know about that one. Hell is hell. But I know in heaven there's going to be different rewards. Because listen, that word uh, means before the foundation of the word means ordained or known in advance before we were even born that we should walk in them and that we should walk in that's our earthly ministry we have an earthly ministry he's going to bring up colossians 3 3 did i give you that one okay watch this for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god leave that up there just for a minute okay number one you have died hey dead men can't do anything do you know that dead men can't sin? How many of you know that? So the Bible says, you, you, see, it says, you have died and your life that you now live in Christ, watch this, is hidden with God in Christ. You can take it down now. That's who we are. Wow. I like, I like Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. And in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity, well, deity dwells in bodily form. And verse 10, and in him, you have been completed. In him, I have been completed. I've been completed in the deity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. We've been, we've been made complete. That's our identity. That's who we are. That's why the devil hates us. The devil has an unholy trinity. And here's the interesting thing about him. He can lead people to hell. He can, he can lead people to hell. But here's what he can't do. He can't give them life. He can't give them physical life or, or spiritual life. He can't do that. And the Bible says this. It says, we have died, and our life is hidden with Christ in God. No, I mean in God with Christ, Whatever. My little brain just don't want to go today. Let me, let me read it right again. It says this, You have died, and your life is hidden with, with God in Christ. Now watch this one. We're, we're, we're coming to an end in about 45 minutes. Okay. Emmanuel Cleaver, you know, the mayor of, the ex-mayor of, uh, of uh, Kansas City. Okay, Kathleen. Okay. He, he, no, no, I know, but he's, he's emulating you there. Okay, Kansas City. He, John, I love John. Come on, get it out. Get it out, brother. Okay, so, so he, he, he's, a, he's, he's also a preacher. Y'all know that, right? He's an ordained preacher. And when he, he was praying in the Senate, wasn't he? And he ended his 
he ended his prayer not with amen, but a man and a woman. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Why did I do that? Okay, let me get back to the word. And just, oh yeah, I know, I know. Amen, yeah, okay. Now, now, can you bring up Colossians 127? Okay, got it. To whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, here's what it says. He, God, God's will was to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. What was the mystery? Christ in us, the hope of glory. We Gentiles, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Listen, he, he, he wants us to understand this one thing. If you do not understand that by faith that you have been saved, not of yourself, that no man can boast. You don't understand that, you cannot put on the full armor of God. If you do not know that your life is hidden with Christ in God, you cannot put on the full armor of God. If you don't understand the transforming, quickening power of the Spirit of God, which will come into you and transform you by His love, you can't put on the full armor of God. You can't do it, people. You can fake it. You can do any. And when I say you in second person, I'm talking about me. It can be faked. It can be anything. But understand this one thing that we are all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we are all going to give an account. Here's what I want. I have died, and my life is in Christ, and I am hidden with him in God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If the deity lives inside of me and is making me complete by his transforming, quickening power, and I have died and have rose in, in the faith of God, and I am hidden with Christ in God. I am telling you this. If that be the case, and it is the case because the Bible says there's no way, no way on earth that the devil can penetrate that. There's no way. I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to make mistakes, but I'm going to tell you the devil cannot penetrate into your spirit. He cannot do that. How many of you understand Somebody says, can, can a Christian have a devil? And I say, yeah, they got him all the time. You ought to be a pastor. Okay, some of you chuckle. Some of you didn't, didn't even crack a smile. Okay. Pastor, I mean, didn't even. But, but yeah, I believe, but I, here's one thing I don't believe. The devil cannot touch your spirit. He cannot penetrate in that. The temple was three parts. It was the outer court, the inner, inner, inner court, and the holies of holies. And I am telling you this, the devil cannot enter into the holiest part of God. And you know who the holiest part of God is? Us. You don't get that, but that's us. We're the holiest part of God. The devil can't penetrate that. Give me a few more minutes, and then I'll, I'll wrap this up. So, the mystery is, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, in verse 11, did I give you 11? That's okay, don't put it up. But in verse 11, he says, now, 
remember. I'll read 11 to you because I really like this. Listen what it says. Therefore, remember that you, that formerly you, the Gentiles in flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed uh, in the flesh by human hands. Verse 12, remember that you were at, the t- at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the uh, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to remember. Remember what? Remember what was preached here this morning. Remember what your Bible says. Just tune in. Remember this. You were saved by God. It is a gift through his son. And then he allotted you and give you a measure of his faith. He did not just save you and leave you out there. He saved you and give you the power of heaven to back it up. And then not only did he give you the power of heaven to back it up, but he said, anytime you speak in the name of Jesus, he said, I'm going to do it that the Father may be glorified through the Son. And every time we go to war against the enemy and we use that powerful name of Jesus, the Father is glorified. Can you imagine what happens when the Father is glorified? We say that as a tag. We don't really understand it. Can you imagine what goes on in heaven when the Father is glorified? I think heaven becomes brighter. Why is there always jubilation in heaven? Because he's being glorified time after time after time after time. If you think we're the only ones in this church that use the power of Jesus' name, you're so wrong. It's being used all around the world right now. It's defeating the devil on every hand. It is the devil can has no tactic. There's no way he can come against that name. And so we come against him in that name and we say, in the name of Jesus, and we, we bring the petition to the Lord, we bring the, 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 uh, the prayer to the Lord, and we say, in the name of Jesus, let it happen, let it be. And then all of a sudden, all of heaven is glorified through the Father, day in, day out, never ceasing. And understand this one thing, the glory of God, Let's stand. I'll preach all day. We'll end it with this. And the Bible says this. And the glory of the Lord will encompass the whole world. Am I right? You think there's a time when people are going to be speaking about the name of Jesus, using the name of Jesus, using the name of Jesus, and the Father be glorified to where, whoom, got it. The, The whole world be glorified. You want to move that? If you're not saved this morning, we got an altar here. It is very, very easy to give your heart to the Lord. The Bible says this, Paul said this in Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 8. He said, what do we say then? Faith is near you, even in your mouth. That if we confess with our mouth, if we confess with our mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, or speak it with our mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
The Apostle Paul also told the Corinthians, he said, when you repent, he said, you need to repent with godly sorrow. Because when the Holy Spirit visits you and you're not saved, he'll point out to you that you're undone and you're lost. And when he points that out to you that you're lost and you're undone, it'll break your heart to pieces. And then all you have to do is just repent and receive him as your savior. And that word repent, you know what? I'm just gonna go to God. I'm just gonna go to God. I'm gonna march to Zion. That's how you get saved. And some people say, well, you can get saved at your seat. I know you can. But there's just something about walking that aisle. When you say, you know what? Before the whole world and before men, I'm going to confess Jesus Christ as my personal Savior before everybody in the church. Or if your relationship with God is strained, you can do the same thing. It's a wonderful thing if you're saved, how that you can have the power of God working in you by the laying on of hands. People ask me, say, Pastor, aren't you afraid to lay hands on No, I like laying hands on people. I like praying for people. I like seeing people healed. Because listen to me, I'm going to tell you what I hate. I hate the devil. But I hate cancer. I hate diabetes. I hate mental illness. I hate all those things. I hate what happens to a body when a stroke hits it. I hate those things. One day they're going to be gone. But God has given us jurisdiction and power over those things. You don't have to live with emphysema. I just prayed with Shirley back there. She came in, Pastor, I can't breathe. And I prayed with her. I thought, I'm not going to wait till she comes up here. I'm going to pray with her now. I'll pray with you. Listen, God can clear you up. I, I like Brother Power's testimony, how God healed his feet and he got to go back into the shoe he's supposed to wear. How many of you know, you know, he had a shoe that was too big because, listen, now God healed him. He got, God's a healer. He's a healer. He'll heal anything about you. And he'll forgive any sin that you have. He'll touch you like you've never been touched before. We're going to open up the altar. You've been listening to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, bringing God's word, his power, and authority to our community and the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please consider sharing with others and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. 